0: and listeners to a brand new edition of the beautiful Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. Hope everybody had a great weekend and that the start of this week is already going well for you. It was a very fun Monday because we got to talk to some Tampa Bay Buccaneers players. That doesn't necessarily go on uh, crazy often during the offseason, but not only did we speak to Rashad White and Kyle Trask that you see on the graphic here. We also spoke to arguably the best offensive tackle in football, an all-pro offensive tackle that might be playing a new position oh, next yeah. season on the left side of the ball in Tristan Wirth. So a lot of fun things to break down between talking to Tristan, Kyle, and Rashad on today's show. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com. It is is SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, great to be back talking to you. And, yeah. of course, this podcast is energized by Celsius, the official sponsor of PeterReport.com. Scott, yeah. how are you?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, it's always fun to talk to Buccaneer players in the offseason. It's a rare occurrence, but today we got three. And of course, on the graphic, we talked about Kyle Trask and Rashad White. Didn't know who that third guy was going to be until today, until he walked in the doors. And honestly, he was the star of the show, Tristan Wirth's the your right tackle and possibly maybe your left tackle of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
0: Yes, it was a mystery Buccaneer and um, hit the nail on the head. It was the most exciting out of all of them. And, you know, we, we we're a little behind schedule with having the players come out. We're like, oh man, I hope it's a, hope it's a good third athlete that we get. And Rashad White actually went on last. It was Kyle Trance that went first. And then Tristan comes in, gives his signature. Howdy, howdy. It's been a while. So Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's just good to see, Tristan Wirfs, and obviously he's in a very unique situation this year. Usually, when you have an All-Pro player at any position, you're like, yeah. "All right, we're good, we're set, we know that he's our guy." And Tristan Wirfs is still their guy, of course. But maybe it's not the biggest storyline of this off season. Obviously, Kyle Trask and, and Baker Mayfield, I think, yeah, is up there. Dave canals being offensive coordinator, everything with Devin White, but Tristan Wirfs potentially moving over from the right side of the offensive line at right tackle over to left tackle is one of the biggest storylines when you have your best player who's accomplished a lot in this league right could potentially have his most challenging season yet just because he's doing the team a solid by moving to a new spot
1: <laughs> yeah and really i know there's some fans out there that are that are saying why would you want to ruin a good thing right this is an all pro right tackle uh, a pro bowl two time pro bowl guy why in the world would you want to you know, to to mess with the good thing, I'm telling you, folks, I, I'm not going to bet against Tristan Wirfs and his athleticism. The dude can jump out of a pool. He's six foot five, three hundred and forty five pounds, and moves like a gazelle on the field. Uh, he is a special athlete, and in, in my opinion, I, I I'm not going to say he can't do it until he shows me he can't do it, Matt. I, I think this is a good move. It's the off season. Why not go out there and see if. If you can't get a left tackle in-house, a guy that's mastered the right side and give him the entire offseason training camp, et cetera. Because what if, what if he is just as good, Matt and pewter people out there at the left side as he is on the right side? What if that's a possibility? And I think it might even be a probability
0: then that's the best move that the Bucs could potentially make because we're yeah. not just talking about having a, a good left tackle. You can, you hope you get a good left tackle. We're not even talking about a great left tackle. We could be talking about the best left tackle in the history of the Buccaneers franchise and maybe one of the best tackles of all time. Yeah. Obviously, he's got a very long way to go sure. uh, before that, but just the potential and the skill set and the athlete that Tristan works yeah. is. I mean, if he moves over to the left side, that is a slam dunk. Especially when we talk about all the the tackles in this year's draft. Arnell, right, being one of them at Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, some of the guys that you could draft to get your um, right tackle for next season. Also, right. the the Bucks signed uh, Matt Filer at towards the end of last week, and so they have options at right tackle. Yeah. Um. But you know, there's been a lot of questions, uncertainty, like. Todd Bowles has been asked about it. Jason Light's been asked about it, both at the Combine and yeah. speaking to Jason Light uh, during his pre-draft press conference last week. There's a lot of, yeah, you know, yes, we're thinking about it. We're getting into it. But we haven't heard it straight from the horse's mouth. Just that's right. right. And, like, there's videos on Twitter of, like, Tristan Wirf's had a lightning game. You know, you're yeah. catching him off guard. <laughs> I don't know if that's the fair sign to be like, are you going right. to left tackle? Yeah. Uh, but we got to hear from him straight today. What's the plan, man? Are you moving to left tackle? Are you thinking about it? Yeah. What's the option? Well, let's uh, let's, let's hear it
1: from from Tristan's mouth. Let's,
0: let's hear it from Tristan Wirfs about what's going on with the left side at offensive tackle.
2: There's a lot of talk about the offensive line. There's still a draft to go. Mm-hmm. We've asked you incessantly yeah. about left, right, left. Where, where are you at? Just kind of wait and see mode, or you know, or are you, have you been working some? Yeah, and the
3: chances you might have. To yeah, I've been, I've definitely been working it just in case. Um, I've been working both, just covered my covered my bases. You know, um, not only anything's been confirmed. You know, I've heard, I've been seeing what you know everyone on Twitter says. So we'll wait till the draft. We'll wait till we sign somebody or whatever happens. You know, so um, whatever happens, happens. I'll be ready. Um, but yeah, I, ha- I have been working it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it makes a lot of sense to give him a try this offseason at that position. And and again, I think the player that they're targeting in this draft, we had him in our last Peter Report mock draft. There's a pretty good chance he might be in our final mock draft. Matt, it's a player that the Buccaneers have had in for a top 30 visit. They interviewed formally at the Combine. And we're talking about Darnell Wright, the right tackle for uh, Tennessee and you know, he he's played left tackle also. So he's, he's a guy that has played left tackle as a junior had his best senior season at right tackle. So a player that can play both, but probably better on the right side. Uh, You've liked him really since the, the senior bowl, he was a standout to you. You kind of brought our attention. Like, Hey, check out this, this Tennessee right tackle here. And, and I, I think if the board fell their way and if he is available and don't rule out Jason light, Moving up a couple spots, Matt, to get him. We saw that work out pretty well with, with Tristan works moving up one spot to get the best tackle, not just in that draft class in 2020, but also one of the best tackles in the league today. So it seems like the Buccaneers, like that is definitely an option that they're strongly considering, right?
0: Yeah, without question. Just to speak quickly on Darnell Wright, I, I think he would be an awesome fit with the Bucks. He's obviously got the size; he's just yeah. massive and he engulfs everybody. And he's actually better as a as a pass blocker than he is a run blocker, which Correct. goes a little bit against um, the new philosophy of the Bucks offense and most notably offensive coordinator Dave Canales. But I, I think he is mobile enough and can move around. And just the fact that you'll have a solid, solid player on the right side, and, and more importantly, just the competition he went up against yeah. with Will Anderson out of Alabama, B.J. O'Julari out of um, LSU, just some of the yeah. top pass rushers in the league, literally everybody at Georgia, uh, um, I should say pass rushers in college football, Yeah, you win those matchups, you impress me, and that's, that's why right. I, I like Darnell Wright so much. Yeah. So if you have enough confidence, and the Bucks are kind of going back to their – old playbook when they draft the Tristan Wirfs of, all right, we're going to throw our rookie offensive tackle out there at right tackle yeah. and see if he sinks or swim. And I mean, not only did Tristan Wirfs swim, he essentially was Michael Phelps and Katie Ledecky all <laughs> rolled in, right. and rolled into one. Yeah. So um I, it's certainly, there's the risk with bringing in uh, a rookie to play offensive tackle, but Hey, you're going to have one hell of a mentor with Tristan sure. Wirfs. Um, you're going to have another great, person to learn from even though it's a different position but yeah with ryan jensen yeah and and, you know
1: let's not forget this team not only started donovan smith as a rookie left tackle in 2015 but also ali marpet as as a rookie right guard right so they had two rookies that year in 2015 (laughs) they had tristan wirfs a starter as a rookie in 2020 so when you draft the an offensive lineman offensive tackle in the situation in the first round that's going to happen and i think that that uh you know Darnell Wright, being a three-year starter at Tennessee, certainly has the the credentials to do that. He's one of the the 16 we've identified in terms of the top 30 pre-visits. You can see the tracker right there. Hendon Hooker, Will Levis, Clayton Toon, they've had three quarterbacks in, Rashawn Johnson, Jamar Gibbs, the running backs, Darnell Wright and Chris Murray, who's probably going to be an undrafted free agent or like a seventh-round pick from Oklahoma. He's a guard that'll play center in the next level. Uh, Luke Schoenmaker. Uh, From Michigan, the defensive lineman, uh, Adetomiwa Atabuare from Northwestern and Carl Brooks from Bowling Green. Outside linebackers, you mentioned Bajo Joe from LSU. He's been in for a visit along with Nolan Smith from Georgia. Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. Felix Enodike Uzama from Kansas State. Uh, Marte Mapu, another player you were high on at the Senior Bowl, Matt, from Sacramento State. Might be playing safety at the next level, but they, they, they had him playing linebacker at the Senior Bowl. And then uh, with cornerbacks, uh, Julius Brents from Kansas State. So, those are the 16 players we've identified from media reports, and we we had Julius Brents text us that he's going to be visiting Tampa probably this week. So, uh, we got 16 out of the 30 over the weekend. Didn't hear any other top 30 names. We'll have our 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 eyes and ears peeled for that this week. But um, getting back to today's topics, so so Tristan Wirfs, uh, you know he. Uh, he talked about the wide zone run scheme that Dave Canales is going to be bringing in and, um, you know, and and he's, he's used to that playing at Iowa. So let's, let's get into some of the scheme that the Buccaneers are going to be running. I mean, uh, they don't even have their playbooks yet, Matt. Uh, this was the first day where Canales was addressing a room full of offensive players, a lot of them young, according to Trask and Rashad White and Tristan Warps. I think all three of them realized Tom Brady's no longer in the building. This is a young offensive group here, but uh, very impressed by what he
0: heard from Dave Canales. Yes, he was. Let's get to that video. Yeah, I think Coach Canales is
3: awesome. Um, I think today was really the first time um, – I got to hear like, well, all of us got to really hear him like kind of talk. And we, you know, today we really just went through like um, our offensive philosophy, just, you know, what we want to do as an offense and, and how we want to get it done. Um, I've had a couple conversations with him. Just, you know, I've been here all offseason, he training, just bumping into him in the hallway. Um, but, you know, I think he's awesome. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be great. I'm, I'm really excited. And, you know, I know all of us, all of the old lines are really excited to, to get cracking on the
2: playbook. And now comes a guy that says, all about running the football. We're yeah, going to, we're gonna do it. And does anything going to get you more excited than that when you know they're committed
3: to it? Yeah, I think especially. I think all offices want to run the ball. Sure. And um, when you know a guy comes in and says, "This is what we're gonna do. This is gonna be our identity." And you know, we're gonna base we're gonna base things off of the run game and sure. um, and and um, get our explosives off of that and tie everything up. So it's it's gonna be good. I'm I'm excited. Just we got we got like a little taste of it yeah, today. Yeah. You know, so I don't even. No playbooks yet. I don't even know anything, and I'm yeah. excited. I just, I, I, just saw the philosophy thing, and I was, I was ready to go. So but you know what Seattle did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Watching that, I'm playing against them. So, yeah. um, but now I'm, I'm excited.
1: Good stuff there from Worfs. He, he's fired up. Rashad White's fired up. Kyle Trask is fired up about this, this new offensive coordinator, folks. Um, if, if you can kind of sense the excitement, that there's a lot of stuff that Matt and I know that we just simply can't share about what happened last year with Byron okay? Um, I, I think the fact that I published the Bucs were going to fire Byron Lefwich story about four seconds after the loss to the Cowboys mm-hmm. that night on Monday night in the playoffs s- speaks volumes about the the dysfunction that this team had last year on the offensive side of the ball. The players were not happy with what was happening. There were some coaches – even offensive coaches, that were not happy with Byron Leftwich, the play calling situation, the predictability, the lack of commitment to the run game. Um, there was a lot of, of of mess going on last year, and we could kind of get a sense of that, right, Matt? Just uh, w- without Byron's name even being mentioned, just the the one eighty in terms of of the, the the effervescent excitement, right, from these players about this new offense and Dave Canales is unproven. He hasn't called a damn Completely. play in the NFL or in college or anywhere. But they must,
0: yeah, the bucks must follow him on Twitter bucks players. I mean, cause like he's <laughs> always tweeting out every day, some like quote of the day or some, some type of, uh, you know, encouragement or yeah. or positivity that he wants to, uh, to, to share with everybody else. And yeah, you really could see it. It, it was palpable, especially someone like Kyle Trask, who we don't, talk to a a ton just because he was the third string quarterback, but you know, he really described that other guys are, are coming in and they're eager and they're ready to learn. And, and Trask talked a lot about how, while it is quarterback friendly, it's not exactly simple, but it's just so helpful with yeah putting guys in situations where they're fast and they're going to be moving and moving and, and just getting the ball down the field in general. And and to bring it back to Tristan Wirfs, you know, This is right in Tristan's wheelhouse because he loves zone blocking and zone running. He absolutely loves it. He went on and on about that, um, how he used it at Iowa. So he's obviously really excited to kind of get back to his roots, something that he's familiar with, and there will be a little bit of a change. He talked about the disguise of Mm -hmm. the zone game where it looks one way and you might hammer it home five times, but you hit him with the okey-doke and it goes the other way and it's just – Completely different than what we saw. Last it week.
1: is. And there's a little bit of misdirection there, right? Uh, it's not as predictable. The, the great thing is, guys, it, and pewter people out there, we love you guys. And and the best part about Mondays, as you know, is is roll call. We do it at 420. And the best part about this right now being 417 is we have time to play this Tristan Wirfs clip, talking about those wide zone runs. And right after that, boom, it's roll call. Get ready.
2: do is focus more on some of that hey, hey. I think it allows us to
3: set stuff up yeah. like I don't know we could capture the edge capture the edge capture the edge and then come out the other way you know what I'm saying yeah. so yeah. Um,
2: everything looks the same until the yeah
3: make, making it all look the same until it's not you know um, so that'll be that'll be really nice
2: did you use that
0: much at Iowa
3: a little bit yeah we ran a ton of outside zone at Iowa I don't know we didn't do it we didn't Come off it a whole a whole lot but we ran a ton of outside Iowa. But it's not foreign yeah oh yeah. no that's i'm excited for it
0: ability, because we know you can move we've seen you jump out of a pool yeah. like you can do it yeah
3: no it'll definitely it'll definitely be fun kind of to get back to um kind of what i came from almost you know and and from the the small glimpse of what we saw today you know there's going to be a lot of you know of of good you know a good stretch and then kind of just I don't want to trickery. It's not trickery isn't the right word, but it's just. Yeah. I think it's very offensive line friendly. Um, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, you know, it'll be it'll be really really nice for us, and and I don't know. I think it'll just help help us out a lot. You know.
1: Yeah, that's good stuff. He, and and he he also went on to say that he loves Tom Brady, right? The greatest of all time. He had a great relationship with Brady. And he's like, but I don't think it's the surprise that, you know, Brady couldn't run. And now we have some guys, some quarterbacks that are going to be able to, to run. What he means by that is the bootlegs, the waggles, the, the, you know, get everything flowing to the left, to the left, to left. And all of a sudden you come back to the right with a bootleg and a shot downfield or a shot to the flat to a wide open back or tight end, or you're running right, right, right. And then you come back to the left and you attack that weak side. So. It's going to be fun this year. It's going to be a new offense and and it's going to be simpler. It's not going to be this complex Bruce Arians Byron Leftwich scheme that that they've been, you know, incorporating and and very much like John Gruden where if you're a veteran and that's why Gruden loved veteran quarterbacks and not rookies because you had to be super smart, super experienced to kind of get it. But this is going to be an offense that is offensive line friendly. It's running back and quarterback friendly, right? It's going to be easier concepts to pick up, understand, to learn quickly, and hopefully to uh, to execute much better and have more fun with. And, Matt, we have fun every Monday. I mean, we have fun every time we do a Pewter podcast. Yes, so Pewter Report podcasts are the best. We love them. We love talking to you Peter. people, reading your comments, answering your questions. But there's just something special about Mondays at 420, Matt. What is that?
0: It is Roll Call, baby! It is always uh, oh, a great time when we do this on Monday. We want to know where you're at, pewter people. Like we said, we love interacting uh, with our fans and everybody in the chat. So uh, we're going to start talking about really whatever we feel like talking about with the yeah. box or the NFL. Um, and Matt, while, I'll, I'll
1: take it today. That's okay. Okay. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Today. And in the meantime, we'll start off uh, with Christopher Coles from Bartow, Florida. As Scott is uh, talking away about what he's going to get into with this topic with the Bucks, I will start putting everybody's comments, uh, where they're watching from, uh, on the screen, as you can see awesome. in the left corner with uh, Christopher Cole. So, yeah. Scott, have at it.
1: All right. So I did the running back position preview today, and... Uh, as you probably figured out, if you were on pewterreport.com today or yesterday, we're starting our position previews, and we had Bailey kick things off on Sunday with the quarterbacks, and of course the quarterbacks. Uh, and we're going to cut right to the chase and just tell you our Bucks' best bets. If you didn't uh, check them out, we've got Hendon uh, uh, Hooker as as the guy, and you might think that that might be a little bit of a different pick over Will Levis. Not sure Will Levis is going to be there. I'm not sure the Buccaneers are interested in him. But uh, check out Sunday's quarterbacks preview. Bailey did a great job with it. Hennon Hooker is one of the Bucks' best bets. Find out who the the day three Bucks' best bet is. But I did the running back uh, preview today, and the running backs the Buccaneers have been targeting. Remember, they brought in Rashawn Johnson from Texas, who is a uh, basically the backup to B. John Robinson for all those years, former quarterback who <laughs> transitioned from quarterback to running back and and did a remarkable job at. Uh, Texas breaking tackles, catching the ball. Um, Really not much drop off when he was in there as opposed to Bijan Robinson in terms of the Longhorns production. The other guy they brought in was a former Georgia Tech running back who went to Alabama last year, Jamar Gibbs. Both these guys, two different runners. Gibbs is more of that 5'9", 199-pound Alvin Kamara slasher, catch the ball out of the backfield. Johnson's more of kind of like a no nonsense type of, of north south runner, a little bit of wiggle to his game. But the thing with with these guys is they're they're great fits for the wide zone run scheme that the Bucks are going to deploy this year, and that's kind of exciting. You know, the Buccaneers they're looking for for these guys that can that, that can make things happen. Um, even though Gibbs is a smaller back. He will stick his nose in the pile, push for extra yardage. He's elusive with that speed. He was the fastest back at the combine, running a 4.36, uh, even faster than Keaton Mitchell, who's a track star. And so whether it's it's him or more of a, a physical uh, kind of a, 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 you know, bruising back with really good agility in Rashawn Johnson or a guy who, uh, and we had Rashawn Johnson as our Bucks best bet for the, The early picks, if the Bucs are going to pick a running back, probably not going to be earlier than the third round. And if they do pick one in the third round, heck, they've done it before, Matt, with Rashad White, with Keyshawn Vaughn, even Charles Sims (laughs) back in 2014, their first running back that Jason Light drafted was was drafted in the third round. So that's kind of his round for picking running backs. And hopefully, hopefully Rashad White started a trend because Light did not do a good job picking running back prior to, uh, last year with Rashad White. But <clears throat> having said that, the other guy is this guy right here uh, Minnesota's Muhammad Ibrahim. He is a five foot seven, 210 pound bowling ball of a running back, breaking tackles, elusive, played in a wide zone uh, run scheme in Minnesota. So he's used to looking for those cutback lanes, sticking his nose in the pile, getting extra yards, uh, great contact balance. And that's really what the Buccaneers are looking for. They're looking for an angry runner. That's what's what been told to me. They're looking for a guy that will come in and and, and be a violent runner. And I, I think if they're going to draft one, Matt, they might be tempted with Gibbs. They might be tempted with Roshan Johnson. I just think there's more pressing needs in this team, and it feels like more of a day-three runner. And I wouldn't be surprised with them already signing Chase Edmonds, already having Keyshawn Vaughn, who is improving behind the scenes. Along with Rashad White, I don't know that they're going to spend a premium pick on a guy that would kind of come in and vie for that number two job behind White. And maybe even end up being the fourth guy on the depth chart. So that's why Mohammed Ibrahim might be a good option in the sixth or seventh round.
0: I'm in full agreement. I mean, between offensive tackle, defensive tackle, edge, and on and on and on. It just feels like. Why and I understand you know Bijan Robinson out of Texas, super exciting player. Yeah. Jason Light got asked about like would you draft a running back in the first round? And he said, Yeah, if he's a game-changing player, right? And even if he's available when the Bucks are on the board, I don't I still don't even think that's a good idea. I mean, yeah. if you want to talk about great running backs of the last five years, whatever, you know, right. Saquon lit the league on fire, the Giants. Didn't even make the playoffs in his tenure until last season. Um, Derrick Henry. Titans are. um were a solid team, but now they're yep. in a rebuild mode and the best they made it was the AFC championship game. So right. I don't know, like even if you find an explosive dual threat, everything type of running back, it doesn't guarantee that much success or even that the offense right. is really going to be that great. And when you yep. have one with Rashad White. Just let Rashad White be the guy. I mean, that's he's right. very confident in himself. He's humble and confident all at the same time, which is um, that's right. Which is which is really cool to see. And we'll talk about yep. Rashad White a, a little bit later, but well, yeah, I mean, and,
1: it's, and, yeah. I was gonna say, and, and the thing too is is whether they draft a running back, whether they end up drafting a quarterback, whether they get an outside linebacker, whether they go offensive tackle in the first round, whoever they draft, right? Over the three days, Peter reports going to have it covered. And we're going to have it covered live for you guys. That's right. Once again, the Pewter Report live draft show is back. Presented by Celsius. Streaming on our YouTube Pewter Report TV channel. So, folks, it's going to be right here. So, if you have not subscribed to Pewter Report TV, do so now. And make sure that you tune in for those dates right there. Thursday, April 27th, starting at 7 p.m. Then That's Thursday. And then Friday, April 28th at 6 p.m. And then Saturday, we wrap things up at 11 a.m. All these times are Eastern on April 29th. And if you'll notice, they're an hour before the draft actually starts. So the draft starts at 8 on Thursday. It's 7 p.m. on Friday and then at noon on Saturday. But we go that extra hour prior to the start of the draft and all three of those days. And again, the Peter Report live draft show streaming on YouTube live, Peter Report TV. Make sure that you are here all of those days. We want to. Have you spend the draft with us and we'll spend it with you telling us um, and reading your comments, answering your questions. We want this to be a live, interactive, fun show like it has been in years past. We're having Josh Capo come down from Atlanta. We're gonna have JC Allen, Bailey Adams, Adams Levon. Uh yours truly, Matt Matera. It's gonna be a fun three-day packed show live from One Buccaneer Place. So we're gonna have live reaction from the Jason Light and Todd Bowles press conferences. We'll have a press conference on Friday with the number one pick. And so it's just going to be the place to be. If you're a Buccaneer fan and you love the draft, make sure that you uh, are streaming on our YouTube channel, Peter Report TV, for all three days. And we guarantee you to put on the best show we possibly can.
0: Yeah, it, it is so much fun. You rattled off everyone at Peter Report. We'll all be on the show at different times. We only yeah. fit so much of us on, uh, on one time. <laughs> It's a lot of fun. It's like a marathon. It's almost like one of those telethons when they raise money for a yeah. uh, charity. Like I especially enjoy day three when it's like the real nitty gritty. You know, the yeah. real ones are still watching them. Uh, we've always had a great turnout though, and I'm very excited for this uh, again for one yeah. more time. And who knows? Maybe the Bucks won't even uh, make a pick in the first round. They, that's right. They did not last year, but yeah, that's uh, n- right. Nonetheless, still a, a very fun
1: time. Yeah. So that's we have cool. a couple questions. Uh, was Devin White there today? We're not sure. And and to be fair, we didn't ask. We didn't put any of the players on the spot. Um, I'm guessing he wasn't. That, that's just, just my, my guess. I haven't heard anything to say the least. But we did hear from Devin White today. And this was, was what Devin had to say, interestingly enough, when Jalen Hurts got his, his contract extension. Uh, this is the Eagles' uh, social media post, keeping the main thing in Philly. We've agreed terms. Jalen Hurts on a five-year extension through the twenty twenty-eight season. Fly Eagles fly. Devin White with the reply: taking care of yours with that green heart. Does that green mean Eagles, Matt, or does that green mean money? Yeah.
0: good question. What does that
1: green mean? I don't like know. Money.
0: I'm gonna go. Probably with
1: money. money. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, it's interesting because before we get to Rashad White, just to kind of put kind of a, a, a nail on on the. On on the uh, proverbial coffin uh, press conference from Tristan Wirfs today, and he was actually full of life. He wasn't dead. I'm not bearing Tristan. No,
0: he was. uh, He was was as electric as possible as he could be.
1: But this is what he had to say. Okay, and and you tell me what names kind of come to mind here. This was a quote from Tristan Wirfs when he was asked about the Super Bowl season and and the culture, because there's been you know a lot of fans were up in arms when Todd Bowles said. You know, we need to change the culture. And a lot of these fans are like, What are you talking about? We need to change the culture. That's stupid. Bruce Arians had a winning culture and you messed it up. No, that's not the case. And Tristan Wirf's kind of speaks to this. You got to read between the lines a little bit. This is what he had to say. And I quote, Winning the Super Bowl was kind of like a blessing and a curse at the same time. I feel like it united some groups of people or some guys and kind of made individuals. I feel like it does that everywhere. So, we want to be everyone. So we want everyone to be together. Yeah, we did that with the group of people in this year. That's in the past. We're here now. We know what it takes for us to get everyone on the same page of knowing what it takes to get that done, but not letting there be any individuals. Everyone with one goal, one collective in mind, working towards the same thing. Okay. So Some names that might come to mind when when Tristan Wirfs was talking about the Super Bowl-making individuals, Matt. Leonard Fournette comes to mind for me. Hmm. Devin White comes to mind for me, right?
0: Oh, Um, so is is this an LSU thing? (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I love LSU. I'm not throwing any hate towards
1: the Tigers. Just some observations. And maybe I'm wrong, but um, my educated guess is, right? It's just um, when you're possibly, and I'm not saying he is, but I, I don't know if Devin White will be attending the offseason program this year. It's it's voluntary to begin with. But is he going to be there for the OTAs? Is he going to be there for mandatory minicamp? Is he going to be there for training camp? Those are mandatory. Uh, I, I don't know. But he's certainly, it, the way he's taken the social media, it seems like he's digging his heels in a little bit with this, this uh, contract situation. And that's not exactly a team first approach, right?
0: No, especially not for a team captain. And that's right. why I kind of feel like for the Bucks, you just gotta let him stomp his feet a little bit, get a little angry, voice his opinion, you know, sometimes like yelling gets a little something off for you. It's yeah. kind Devin White is venting right now. Yeah. Devin White is venting, and it's really all he can do because. He doesn't have much of a, uh, doesn't have much of a bargaining factor. Along the stage, says, find someone who loves you the way Devin White loves the Eagles. Yeah, that's, yeah. um. you know what? Maybe, I don't know if you remember this, Scott, but yeah. in, like, during the COVID season, Todd Bowles had mentioned that uh, he was watching a lot of Fresh Prince. He's a big fan of yeah. Uncle Phil. Right. Will Smith is from Philadelphia. That's maybe right. Born and Devin raised. White, Maybe Devin White and Todd Bowles bonded over Will Smith and the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Maybe. And that's why uh, they have such a good relationship, which I don't know if it's soured at this point, just to, yeah. you know, depending on how Devin mm-hmm. continues to go about this. To bring this full circle, yep. if Tristan is calling out Devin without calling out Devin, and we don't right. know that 100% sure, Correct. but it definitely does sound like that. You know, that's kind of a solid step in terms of we've talked about Tristan and you asked Tristan today about him taking more of a leadership role because he's one of the vets in the room now with everyone else uh, with everyone else around there. And, you know, obviously Ryan Jensen is still the guy, but then it's Tristan Wirfs. And due to the playing stature of Tristan Wirfs, um, that obviously goes a long way as well. So if he's calling out Devin White, I kind of respect the. The, uh, the approach of trying to become uh, uh, more involved as a team leader.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that, Matt. And, and I'll say this too. Um, this team has rewarded certain players that have achieved a certain level of excellence over a sustained period of time, which which means consistency, right? Vita Vea was tagged with the fifth-year option, but he didn't play on it. He got that extension before the fifth-year option year, right? Mm-hmm. Mike Evans, the same thing back in the day, fifth year option, but then didn't play on it. They extended his deal. They've chosen not to do that with Devin white. And, and that's the team's prerogative. Devin white doesn't have any cards on the table in this, right? I mean, he's trying to show some cards that really it's a losing hand. Uh, he could hold out, but it's not going to help him at all. He's 25 years old. Now, if he holds out for a new deal and doesn't play next year, he is in the exact same both that he's in right now. He's property of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He will have to play on his fifth year option for that money. And he's not going to be anywhere closer to getting a contract extension. Uh, it's He's not going to accrue a year towards free agency. So he has no option but to play. The team knows that. Jason Light's already came out and said that, that they're not going to trade him. He's going to have to play. Uh, But I'll I'll tell you what right now, from what I've seen from Devin White, unless his attitude and his play take huge steps forward in 2023 on the field in a red and white and pewter uniform, I'm letting him walk after this year because I'm scared to death. If this guy's so beholden to be the highest paid or one of the highest paid inside linebackers, if you pay this guy the money, and let's say you make him on, on equal footing with Roquan Smith, who's actually a better linebacker, but uh if he's on if he's getting that type of money what's going to happen in 2 years into his 5 year deal when he's no longer the highest paid inside linebacker is he going to hold out then right is is he going to pull the same shenanigans and say and I'm not saying he's holding out but I wouldn't be surprised if he does Matt but what happens if he starts chirping that he wants more money a couple well, years he, down the road
0: well at first he would have to prove it and I think that's the whole yeah. issue with all this is that Devin's not a bad inside linebacker he's just no. a linebacker that is not worth 20 million dollars he's worth right around what he's going to get paid this year which right. is that 11 million dollar yeah, ex-
1: exactly and it's exactly. all
0: on him if he wants that 20 million you know what if he balls out this year and the bucks still go yep. you just don't want to pay you that much money for an inside linebacker yep. probably another team maybe the philadelphia eagles <laughs> probably another team will get around <clears throat> that ballpark because when there's free agency and there's bidding and Two teams really want this guy, or Devin yeah. specifically. In this case, he'll probably end up getting his money one way or another. You just got to prove yeah. it on the field, and what better That's way? Right. What better way to show what you're worth than by having a great season? I mean, I agree. It's right there in front of him.
1: Yeah, I, I think the real intrigue this year is is uh, you know, and maybe it's contingent on whether he shows up in the off season or if he holds out, and we'll have to see. We'll have to see how that that plays out. I wouldn't be surprised either way, to be honest. But let's say he is a no-show for the OTAs. And let's say he decides to hold out of the mini camp, right? And maybe he holds out of training camp, maybe he doesn't. But if, if he does that, Matt, it'll be interesting to see if he has that C on his chest. To see if, if the if the Bucks players vote him as a team captain again, you know, or if this will have some residual effect on how they feel about him. Because remember, Tristan Wirf's. Who will get a C on his chest this year. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm placing bets on my bookie right now. If they had a prop bet, that would be one of them I would bet on. Tristan Wirfs will get a C on that chest this year uh, for for being a team captain. He's earned that. I think he's ready to step up in that leadership role. And he talked about that today, as you mentioned. And and I, I just wonder if 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 Devin is not really sabotaging how some of his teammates feel about him uh you know with with what's being said on social media and again we'll see if he shows up because listen all can be forgiven this you know <laughs> nothing's permanent here but I don't think Devin White's handling the situation the right way
0: probably not the best way but honestly Scott I got a little bit distracted because you're talking about the C on yep. his uh you know on ah, his jersey reminded me there. of this C that I'm rocking on my polo right now and the C that you can also notice in the uh, corner of this podcast, of course, I'm talking about the official energy drink of pewterreport.com, Celsius Energy Drinks. Of course, we love Celsius. They have a variety of flavors. Uh, a couple new ones as well with the, um, the well, I call it the creamsicle one, but the uh, Fantasy Vibe and, of course, the Sparkling Lemon Lime as well. Great flavors. Can't go wrong with any of them. Of course, you got the uh, Arctic tropical and peach vibes as well the vibes are always high on the show
1: a and lot a brand of brand new one there's a yeah. brand new one called the oasis vibe that is yeah, exactly they is, have is sparkling
0: yeah like almost every week i can't keep up with it but that's sparkling
1: prickly pear and lime and it's only available at target and we're supposed to be getting some shipped to us from celsius matt this week so i'm, I'm anxious to try it
0: yeah i'm very excited so an assortment of flavors uh, if you want to find out where to get a celsius Go to the store locator on their website, punch in your address, and it will give you the closest availability to where you can find a Celsius energy drink in a can um, at your local Walmart, convenience store, Seven Eleven. Say it. Say it. Or Bodega.
1: Bodega.
0: So hit up your closest Bodega, get a Celsius energy drink. And then when you want it in bulk because you know you love Celsius, Get the Variety Pack, the, of the Spice of Life, and uh, go on Amazon. Click on the subscribe and save. Have it sent to your house or apartment every week, month, quarterly, yearly, whenever you want it. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. I know I want to get a Celsius Energy Drink. I know the Buccaneers yep. want to get a starting quarterback, and they have two that they are going to be dealing with right now with Kyle Trask yeah. and and – Baker Mayfield, as Kieran says, take the C and give it to Winfield, in my opinion. Yeah. That was actually the first name that popped in my head yeah. when replacing Devin White with Levante David, obviously yeah. um, having the first one. But l- let's talk about Kyle Trask now and, and, Rash- and Rashad White as well. And, um, you know, it was good getting to talk to Kyle for about 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. We don't see him as much, obviously. We will see a lot yeah. of him now um, with this year. And I don't know. It's just very interesting. He's um, pretty like, I don't know, I didn't get like phased or anything like that. Just kind of casual, kind of chill. I don't necessarily think that's a a bad thing. But honestly, the first thing that jumps out to me, I'm kind of jumping around here with Kyle Trask. And and I, I, I asked him this as well. You know, when you're a quarterback of a team, by default, you are a leader. Yeah. It's just, it's just the way it works. And yeah. in this battle with Baker Mayfield, you know, Baker has the, the Heisman accolades and, and was a starting quarterback where Kyle has worked his way up. He's a little bit more on the quiet side. Yeah. So I, I'm just curious how it's going to work with him as a leader. If he's got to get these guys into shape and it's like, I don't know. Can Kyle Trask really tell Mike Evans, like, Hey Mike, he got to do this better. He's Mike yeah. Evans. He's, you know, right. all, everything that comes with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin as well. So I'm curious, like how he's going to be, um, as a leader, but Scott, I'm just curious what your takeaway was from Kyle Trash press conference.
1: Yeah. You know, I asked him a question and, you know, Clyde Christensen said this multiple times that he called him a deliberate learner. Right. And you can kind of take that to mean a slow learner. So it, it can almost be an insult depending on how you interpret that. and. I asked him about it and I think he was very polite and I I don't think he wanted to attack or throw Clyde under the bus, whatever, but uh, you know, and and I thought he did a good job of handling. In other words, I I blitzed him, right? I blitzed Kyle Trask with the question. And I think he picked up the blitz really well. He he called out the right protection scheme. He got rid of the ball quickly. I think he did a really good job uh, on his feet of avoiding that. And I think had I asked Baker Mayfield with, with Mayfield's personality, if, if, If Kyle Trask had Mayfield's personality, I think it would have been a little bit more combative, not necessarily towards me, but towards Clyde. He would have probably been a little dismissive. Well, that's his opinion, you know, blah, 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 whatever. I think Trask did a pretty good job of kind of uh, eluding the rush a little bit. He said, I do like to go over things and be meticulous about it and and really have that understanding. And, And I think that stems from a really good place. Uh, this is a job for him. This is a passion for him. He loves the game of football. That's evidence. He's not the kind of guy to wear his emotions on his sleeve. Uh, He has a completely different personality than Baker Mayfield. He's more laid back. Um, And and that's okay. Brad Brad Johnson was kind of like that too. Brad Johnson was not a rah-rah guy. Was very kind of soft-spoken. His demeanor reminds me a lot of Brad Johnson, as a matter of fact. And he was a damn good quarterback for the Bucks got in the first Super Bowl. So um I'm okay with him being like that. I don't think you you need to be that fiery rah-rah guy. I like that, I gravitate towards that myself. Um, but you don't have to be that way, right? The the Tom Brady, the LFG, you know, you know, Brady was intense, and I don't think how Trask is, is that intense, but um I think he answered that question the right way. He he didn't scoff at it didn't dismiss it he actually kind of embraced it right yeah. uh but but also um clarified what by his definition what deliberate means yeah and, and I, I, I thought i thought he did a good job answering the question
0: yeah cuz i know like a couple people in the media like Greg Allman, uh rick strad was on it too where they were kind of saying that like deliberate doesn't necessarily mean slow it means a little bit more like methodical and yeah. meticulous and really diving into it so And you know what, Kyle Trask explained it for himself, so I don't need to speak for Kyle Trask. Right. We're just gonna play the video and you can make uh, the decision for yourself. So the Kyle Trask deliberate learner saga.
1: Yeah. Some might take that as a slow learner if they interpret it that way. How did that comment sit with you?
2: Um, you know, there's, you know, you can take whatever you want uh, at face value. Um, but you know for me, I'm just concerned about um, am I understanding the con- concepts and the offense fully? And I you know, I love to just really dive into a playbook and you know, learn the ins and outs of every single play. I feel personally, the more I know about the play, um, where to go with the ball in certain situations, uh, where to go with the ball, in certain types of defenses, I'm just going to be able to play that much faster and that much more confidently. Um, So you can call it a deliberate learner, you call it whatever you want, but I'm going to put in that extra time to make sure I know every little thing and all the ins and outs of every single play that I run when I'm on the field.
1: Yeah. You know, I think it's going to boil down to one thing, Matt, for Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask with Todd Bowles as the quarterback. Now he wants the quarterback to make plays, but he is not as, No risk it, no biscuit as Bruce Arians was, right? We can agree to that. And even Dave Canales coming from the Pete Carroll kind of defensive mindset uh, of an an offensive style of play up there in Seattle. It's going to come down to which quarterback protects the ball better. Which quarterback does not put the team in jeopardy of losing? Because Dave Canales does not necessarily want the quarterback to win the game. He wants the offense to win the game. That might be with the running back getting 30 carries a game, Matt. That may be with the quarterback thrown for 350 yards or 150 yards. As long as the offense wins the game from doing their part to put enough points on the board to win the game, that's all that matters. But the surefire way to lose games is turn the ball over. And so I think Kyle Trask, his pedigree at Florida was not turning the ball over. He had a pretty good interception-touchdown ratio At Florida and I think if he can have that type of success he has just as good a shot at beating at Baker Mayfield if Mayfield turns the ball over a little bit more despite his experience
0: yeah I I think it's interesting with Kyle Trask because he talked a lot about consistency I need to be consistent I just want to be consistent with the play calling and and how to how to run certain things and I think to a degree, whoever is the most consistent out of all this can win the job. And now part of being consistent is that you're not turning the ball over. And I think it's easy to shy away from Kyle Trask because Baker Mayfield is kind of all that fire and brimstone that makes you naturally kind of gravitate to him. But I think if Kyle Trask just keeps doing what he's doing – you know, it's tough to say who has the advantage in the situation. Because yeah. on the one hand, Baker was a starter, um, has played with, with really good talent, even in the NFL. Um, that experience goes a long way. But on the flip side, Kyle Trask has been here. He's been in the organization. Yeah. He's familiar with Tampa. Like, it's going to be just that moving process for Baker yeah. Mayfield. I'm, I'm sure that goes into a lot. He
1: knows Mike Evans. He knows Chris Gabby. Exactly. He knows Ryan Jensen. He, he not, knows Tristan he, Works. He might not wreck
0: with them. A billion trillion times but he at least has worked with them and he was in that quarterback room with tom brady even just even if he didn't say a word all season and just stared at tom brady while tom prepared you could even learn something from that and i'm sure he's had conversations with tom and you know he's picked his brain and and obviously learned a lot more things baker mayfield didn't have that baker mayfield came in and he was the number one guy so having Tom Brady point, in your Matt. corner is something that only Kyle Trask can really understand. And Matt Castle and a couple of other uh, yeah. Brian Hoyers, you know, guys like right. that. So That's a big advantage for Kyle Trask as well. So it's tough I, you know, Matt, to that, say who has the balance. Or that's the a advantage. fantastic
1: point. Probably the most experienced quarterback and successful quarterback that the Baker Mayfield has had direct exposure to was Matthew Stafford for one month in LA at the end of last year, you know, I mean, it's, it was Sam Darnold and Matt Corral and, and PJ Walker in Carolina before that. I mean, he, he was the face of the franchise for those years in Cleveland and, and was the starting quarterback from day one when they made him the first overall pick. So yeah, that's interesting point, Matt, that, that maybe, you know, those are some aces up the sleeve that Kyle Trask has and, and we'll see. I mean, uh, We can sit here and pick apart the three of nine for 23 yards uh, showing in the fourth quarter of the Falcons game. All we want. He would, Cal Trask and even admitted today, uh, he was in that game and it was over before he knew it. I mean, he was in there for five minutes and boom, that's his NFL experience as as a regular season uh, quarterback. And, uh, and, and it's, there's not a lot to go on there. Right. Um, But we'll see. He's going to get, I think it's going to be a two-man race. I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback until day three. Um, So I think it's going to primarily be a two-man race the way they're setting it up between Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield. It's going to be interesting to see and fascinating to cover in training camp.
0: And you know what? This is the biggest opportunity in Kyle Trask's NFL career. He may never get this opportunity. To go from third string, kind of afterthought, no disrespect to Kyle Trask, but when Tom Brady's there, no one's thinking about Kyle Trask. All of a sudden... You have to be one guy to be the starter of an NFL team that yep. won a Super Bowl within the last three years. Like, yep. that is a huge, huge opportunity that doesn't really happen to anyone in his right. type of situation, going, going from third string to yep. being starter. So, um, Trask, actually, we have video of him answering your question, talking about working with Dave Canales, just yep. this opportunity in general. So, let's get to it.
1: Yeah. What did you get from that, and, and did it seem like it was over it even – Began because you weren't even in there for an entire quarter?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, not really being able to get uh, some real game reps. Obviously, the the game didn't mean a whole lot for us at that point in the season in terms of um, playoff contentions and things like that. But just for me to be out there getting some real game reps, um, you know, just kind of reminded me so much of why I love playing football. Like, just being out there, um, you know, it's not, wasn't scout team anymore, it wasn't practice reps, just being out there live action. Uh, it was awesome um, and just great experience for me to like, cause you know, prior to that it's only been preseason reps and scout team and whatever I get in practice. Uh, but to really see some live bullets and get a, a better feel for the speed of the game was I think huge for me. Good. I'm very, very excited about this new offense. Uh, I'm loving every part of it so far. And if you look back to what they were able to do in Seattle last year, um, you know it's a very quarterback-friendly offense, and you know they do a great job of tying the run and the pass game together, um, putting themselves in the best position possible. And you know I think that's going to be very good for the people in this building. You know I got a lot of. I noticed this morning, um, you know it's a very, be a very young team, a lot of new faces. Um, so, it's going to be very important for us to have, um, you know, a sim- not necessarily a simpler system, but a system that allows us to play fast and play confidently. Uh, you know, for me, this is a, a good opportunity for me, like you said, uh, and a great uh, opportunity for me to compete with someone like Baker, who's uh, definitely proven himself in this league. Uh, so, it'll be very fun to, you know, get to know him and compete with him every day. Um, but, yeah. You know, for me, I always try to be as consistent as I can, um, try to keep my root. Ru- I'm always trying to build my routine um, squared away as tight as I can. So it's just very important for me to really lock that in at a time like now and try to make myself um, as you know productive as possible um, to help this team in the end and hopefully help the overall success of this team.
1: Yeah. You know, um, we'll see. Uh, I'm excited to see the OTAs, to see this new offense come to life. It, it's it's a, it's always, you know, exciting as as a journalist covering this team. This is my 28th year covering the Buccaneers. I've forgotten more Buccaneer football than I can than I, I can remember at this stage, but it it is fun to see a new offense or new defense, and 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 to see that. I, I remember when John Gruden came to Tampa Bay via trade, Matt, in 2002. And uh, and all of a sudden, this predictable kind of, you know, Mike Shula, Les Steckle, Clyde Christensen offense that operated under, under Tony Dungy, where the defense literally just beat the living hell out of the offense every single day. You want to know why the Bucks offense stunk under Tony Denji? Because the Bucks defense whipped their ass in practice every day. That's why they they had no confidence that anything would work on Sunday because it didn't work during the week. Okay. So that, that's how lopsided the team was. Now all of a sudden, John Gruden's offense comes in. I remember the first OTA, Brad Johnson, you know, under center, Michael Pittman. You had uh Keenan McCardo wasn't there yet, but you had Keyshawn Johnson, you had Joe Jerovicius, you had Ken Dilger, Ricky Dudley. And, and all of a sudden they're are doing some play action stuff. And I remember a pass sailing over the head of John Lynch. And and the offense, for the first time in a long time, beat the defense in practice. And John Lynch saying, Whoa, okay, this Gruden guy. Uh, you know, we we might have something here. And it took the 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 Bucks offense a while to kind of gel together. But by the end of the season, they're rolling. I think they, they beat San Francisco something like 31 to 6 in the first round of the playoffs. And then of course the Super Bowl, everybody looks at the defense. Well, if you take away all, all the pick sixes in that game, Matt and Pewter People, you'll remember the Bucks offense actually scored 28 points all by themselves. They would have beat the Raiders just 28-21, even without the the pick sixes from Brooks and, and Dwight Smith. But so it's gonna be interesting to see this offense come to life and 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 be different. See some misdirections, some waggles, some bootlegs, um, some quarterback run game, maybe. (laughs) Um, You know, on third downs, quarterback, you know, booting and running for the the sticks. So I'm excited to see it. And by all accounts, from what we heard from Trask, from Tristan Wirfs and Rashad White today. They're excited, too. Rashad White has a chance to, in the words of of Jason Light, be a stud in this offense, Matt.
0: Yes, he does. Let's just get to the video. A confident but humble uh Rashad White got a lot of exciting things coming to him this season
4: yeah uh, i mean for me it's just uh i'm I'm blessed that uh that Mr. Light feels that way about me honestly um i mean i expect myself to be a stud uh, that's just kind of who i am uh, i put that kind of pressure and expectation on myself um, especially the journey I had to take. But uh, that feel good uh, that, like I said, uh, Mr. Light, um, everybody upstairs believes in me. And, uh, you know, it's just up to me. Uh, I've got a great opportunity ahead of me, um, and uh, as well as the team. So it's just up to me to do do what
0: I do. You go into this season as the top running back in the room. Uh, how's it feel now to be RB1, along with the number, and just to really be able to showcase all of your abilities just with the more reps that you'll be getting?
4: Um, for me, it's just a blessing to uh, be able to have an opportunity for me. I think uh, that's how I go about things, to be RB1. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm RB1 yet. We got a lot of great guys in the room, but uh, we all gonna compete. Um, I like the energy, I like the, the good vibes in the room right now. Uh, Chase and meeting, the guy, uh, meeting them earlier, and uh, Sneak and uh, Keyshawn and um, Pat. And it's a good, good, good room, I'm pretty sure we probably have. But yeah, just be able to compete, things like that. Yeah, that's all you can ask for, opportunity in life. When you hear that, uh, for me, I don't even think about the past. Like, that's just how my mindset is. Like you said, um, you're part of the worst rush. I mean, it happens. Um, it's football. Um, I don't kind of think about that. I'm kind of like, yeah, focus on the new year, new things. Um, a lot of plays that I made last year still kind of people love and go viral. i not even focused on that. Like, that was last year. So you got a new, you know, chance, new opportunity um, that we facing this year. And uh, most definitely won't be the last in rushing this year, though.
1: Yeah, good stuff there from Rashad White. We appreciate everybody uh, contributing today with some great questions, great comments too, and of course we love the super chats. Darius Miller, it's going to be similar to Pittsburgh's situation last year. Yeah, I think so. With Kenny Pickett coming in, the offense kind of coming together, um, and 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 having some some different elements to it with uh, with a different quarterback. I mean, no Bruce Arians scheme, no. Tom Brady. All good things must come to an end. There must be change, evolution. You can't stay stagnant. You can't stay the same in this league. And and uh, you know, and we'll we'll see what what transpires there. Um, you know, if you are, you know, if you're if you're looking to to invest in this team from um, you know from a a, a draft standpoint, uh, and you want to find out who the Bucks are going to draft, there is no better place to do it than right here at Pewter Report TV. We're going to have our live draft show, April 27th, 28th, and 29th, streaming on our YouTube channel. Make sure you just hit subscribe right now while you're doing it. When you're on the channel, hit subscribe to Pewter Report TV. Make sure you're liking all of our videos, too, that helps us with the algorithm. Gets us in front of more awesome Pewter people like you guys. And uh, and also, if you're going to invest your money, well, there's one place that you want to do that. It's over at our friends at Immuni Financial.
0: At A. Muni Financial, we help you live in the now.
4: Congratulations, you we're so happy Thank to be here.
0: Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treatment? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track, so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. A. Muni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay
1: ahead. Matt, I, I have some breaking news. I'm actually going to Colorado. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to Colorado, and I am uh, I'm going there for my 10-year my wedding anniversary with Ashley. in May. No kidding. So, yeah. Oh,
0: that's awesome.
1: I know. So Thank I'm going you, there. Yeah. Um, now, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to retire out to Colorado. I'm not leaving Pewter Report. Not yet, because I don't have enough money saved out. But the good news is I'm an Muni Financial customer, and they've got me well on my way. Muni Financial can help you plan ahead and stay ahead, not just in Tampa Bay, not just in Florida, across the country, Pewter people. So do what I did. Give Immuni Financial a call. I am thrilled with my financial investments with Immuni. Even in today's kind of rocky, shaky economy, they've got me steered in the right direction. 1-800-868-6864. That's 1-800-868-6864. Or visit them on the web at Immuni.com.
0: All right. Scott? Scott? I feel like we had the best show ever.
1: Yeah, I really I do. Mean, I mean, we yeah. got to
0: give credit to Tristan Wirfs and Rashad yeah. White and Kyle Trask, but this yep. was probably the best show ever. And if you like watching great shows slash podcasts slash websites that have great content, make sure you follow us on our social media at Peter Report on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And of course, our YouTube channels at Peter Report TV. Please do us a favor and like and subscribe if you like. Our podcast, if you like all the videos we put up, um, we're always churning out content both on social media and at PeterReport.com. But that's going to do it for us on today's show. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you, everybody, for watching. And we will see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. Out. The Draft Show
1: is back. Tune in.